Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Babe. 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 I'm Laura. And I'm Ryan. And this is... Babe. Babe. Hi. Hi. We're back. Yeah, we're back. Another um, week, another babe. <laughs> yep, it just never ends. It never ends over here on <laughs> in West Hollywood adjacent. <laughs> so, our we're recording live from my apartment and um our apartment building is being a major babe right now. Yeah, it's um we live in like a beautiful broke down palace. Yeah. Where it's very like a storied history of a building with like a fountain and it's really like LA idyllic, like the perfect place that you would ever want to live, except but it's, it's kind of crumbling to the ground. It's physically held together by like a cough and a prayer. Like, yeah. Literally, it's just like, eh. like mean, it's just not. I literally think every single day I worry about what would happen in, in an earthquake. Oh, we will die. And Absolutely. I've no, we'll urged die. Ryan a lot to get an earthquake expert to come because I'm like, in. <laughs> In the event of a disaster, which is pretty much imminent for California, like it's going to fall on my shoulders to keep you and Jonathan alive. I just feel like there's no point because I feel like the earthquake inspector is going to come here and be like, lol, run for your life. Well, and then he I would tell move. us, I just want to know, well, I want to know our best exit strategy. Like, I want to know if he's like, our best this exit is the strategy safest is place. moving out of this building. No, there is an exit strategy and I need to be well informed, but I also can't pay for the earthquake expert. <laughs> so I need you to fund the earthquake expert and then we can have a safety plan. I just don't think he's going to give us any information that we can really benefit from. You won't know until you get him. How much do they cost? I don't know. I think I can look into it because I have friends that have gotten like earthquake kits and like a whole survival plan. Why don't but you we st- need to have a plan. Why don't you start your 40th GoFundMe and get an earthquake? Maybe I will. <laughs> Please Venmo me $5 so that we can get Here an she earthquake goes. Here plan she goes. together. Here she and goes just again. Cook. Venmo me $5 at Lars Marie and say earthquake safety plan. Venmo Ryan, actually, so Venmo that he'll me, just so do it. I know that the, f- the funds won't be misappropriated. <laughs> no, they wouldn't be because I really just want to survive. I also just want to be able to have a safety plan and for him to sit us all three down and tell us what our safety plan should be so that we're all on the same page if a bad thing happens. Again, his safety plan will be literally putting up apartmentlistings.com and looking at different apartments for us to move into. His safety plan is he just shoots you and Jonathan in the head because he's like, <laughs> you're never going to go, you're never going to adhere to any safety plan and you're better off dead in this situation <laughs> than sounds- me trying to like wrangle the two of you. Get us to a meeting point. And then you and the earthquake guy actually fall in love over our dead bodies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like great. that. Yeah. Cute. I needed to <laughs> go on a death. date. So I needed an earthquake guy to come over. I don't think they're hot. But anyways. Um, <laughs> I feel like they are. Yeah, they like I think, survive. I think they're hot. Yeah. yeah they're, they're like really born hot. to survive. So like. Their category. It's just like cop. legitimately like Dwayne Johnson from like San Andreas. <laughs> That's what I imagine. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Or just like um, a guy that never goes on the internet. Right. He doesn't know anything except survival. <laughs> 
And then he's like, these two are dead weight. He lives in the woods of West Hollywood. No, I don't think so. Um, okay, so there's stuff going on right now. Mm-hmm. There's stuff going on. Okay, what do we talk about? Nikki Blonsky is still my queen. I follow her Instagram stories religiously. Um, she just never stops delivering what I need. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so she's really gotten into book cameo, you know, when you can get celebrities to like say happy birthday or like, yeah. I'm sorry. So your is mom she has on cancer. cameo? She's on cameo. She loves it. She says it allows her to be her fun, kooky self. Mm. And she's begging her fans to book her on cameo because it brings her so much joy to bring them joy. How much does she charge? For uh, a cameo. I think she probably gets paid in Pez. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm looking right now because I need to know. <laughs> I love it because she honestly, I mean, TBH, she sounds like she's on downers. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to watch anything, but she definitely has a medicated drawl. You know, I mean, it takes one to know one. And uh, I don't think she's in a good place. I'm going to put it out there. She typically responds in five hours. So that's a really good time. Should I, for your birthday, should I have Nikki give you a happy birthday message? It doesn't say how much she's charging. I'm telling you, it's, it's like literally like an Altoid covered in lint. There's like no charge. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But she has 4.8 stars on Cameo. Fantastic. I bet she gives people, she's a performer. She's a people pleaser. She's a worker. She's a worker bee. Hey, you might know me as Tracy Turnblad in the movie Hairspray. (laughs) I love all my fans and I love making them smile. So let's make a cameo and make your loved ones smile with a cameo for me. (laughs) (laughs) So when she does these Instagram stories, she gets cut off and then she rewinds what she said. Like too far. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So she'll like be like, book me on book cameo. I love book cam. And then I'll be like, Book me on Book Cameo. I love Book Cameo. Like, so she just ends up repeating herself over and over and over again. And it's hypnotizing. I mm-hmm. love it. It's very soothing for me. Yeah. I like her earnestness. Yeah. I liked when she said her favorite brand of water was Aquafina. I also love it when she goes, now if you'll excuse me, I have to watch my dear friend, John Travolta. She's always posting <laughs> pictures of with her and celebrities. <laughs> Yeah. She's like, remember when we were Britney just Snow. Yeah. She did that to Britney Snow the other day. She goes, my darling Britney Snow. She's like, remember when we were making a movie? Do you think that celebs Britney's like, like literally has sweat pouring down her forehead. She has like a gun pointed to her head from Nikki's like parents. Like she's like, please get me out of here. Do you think that <laughs> celebs like sidebar about when oh. Nikki reaches out there like, oh, have you gotten a Nikki reach out? And they're like, yeah, she just added me like on Instagram. Are you kidding me? I would pay like $20,000 to read those text threads. <sighs> Nikki, what's she up to today? Not much. <laughs> she She's always do- watching TV. She's watching TV. She loves. She loves watching welcome- TV in a dark. She loves Welcome Back, Cotter. But she's always in like a dark room watching mm-hmm. TV, which oh. is really freaky. It reminds me of like the Twilight Zone. The other day she was bringing home groceries and she apparently forgot some of them. So her coffee ice cream melted outside and she showed us the coffee ice cream that melted. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what listen, brand of coffee ice cream I, like, was I'm it? I'm like hooked. I'm like literally a heroin addict. I'm like literally like, hit me, baby, one more time. Brit- Nikki, give me, give me that fucking coffee ice cream melted content. Is it just, it's just like the mundane nature of her life that she feels like it's so important. And it kind of is because she was at one point 
somewhat somewhat recognizable. yeah and then but then she had a really steep decline it's like she was in hairspray and then she was in nothing she, well, was, she was in, in no hairspray spray. and then she was in like a viral, she was video, in a viral video where she like she attacked yeah attacked like <laughs> America's next Bianca top from America's right, Next Top Model right. and her family in a racist rant in a racist rant her dad right. kicked Bianca's mom yeah. I think in the vagina she did and <laughs> Nikki got pretty much blacklisted after that which I mean I mean fair fair enough apparently she was working at a shoe store in upstate New York she now lives just like in the burbs yeah she does like and- did she audition for stuff I don't know. I, whatever she wants to be in, I'll put her in. Whatever power I gain in Hollywood. <laughs> Honey, don't make a, don't let your ass, wait, what I is know. it? Don't write a check that your ass can't, can't cash. cash. Yeah, don't I let know. your mouth write a check your ass can't cash. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> you don't want, because Nikki will come. She, oh, honey, she's here. She, Did you see her? She's, she's helicoptering in. She's like, hey, it's me, Nikki Blonsky. She from found Hairspray. a way. Heard you had a role for me. She found a way to break through the door. We're locked inside, but somehow Nikki barreled through. Mm-hmm. Oh, so to get back to like what's going on with our apartment now, because we never said what we're we're locked. Oh, in. we're locked. We never said. God, we're so bad at this. <laughs> we're locked inside. We were locked inside our apartment yesterday. The door just stopped working, so we were truly locked inside. I mean, and you had to only the only way you could get out was through like a side door by my unit yeah it was really not this cheap. is a nikki blonky nikki blonky nikki, nikki blonky <laughs> update right now <laughs> that's fine but i thought it was funny whatever you love it i loved it You've i love that we were so lit in. about the door being locked i loved it it gave me a thrill my life is mundane <laughs> it's mundane it gave you the thrill of a lifetime you're like oh my god and you were like yelling screaming you jonathan noticed that you came out of the apartment and just watched as oh i loved to, it like it was riveting it, it was riveting um okay what else um Arrested Development. Oh, yeah. So the Arrested Development thing was um, so triggering to, to read because I just feel like I've seen that conversation IRL so many times. I've yeah. So many times I've seen it in writers' rooms. I've seen it, like, I've seen it everywhere. This idea where, like, a, like a woman tries to speak up and be like, well, this happened to me. And the, and the guys are like, anyways, back to how I feel. Like, you know, and no, they're not I listening. Mean, I read, like, sound bites from that interview, but I can't. I can't like go down the path of reading the whole thing because it's like incredibly triggering. She's truly crying and like they're just like being like, anyways, it's like not to belittle it, but like seriously, like it wasn't that big of a deal. Like as she's sobbing. <laughs> and they're like, anyway, it's not a big deal. Like honestly, Hollywood's a weird place to work and like you have to get used to it. And, like whatever, whatever, like not a big deal, not a big deal. And takes the two to tango, okay? And she's like sobbing. I'm like, it's fucked up. It's totally fucked up. It's everyone, like, it's men protecting men. It's it, the boys club protecting each other. And you know, it's, it's, it ain't gonna work anymore. Game yeah. over. Well, you know? it seems like it is pretty much working. No, it's not. Jeffrey Tambor needs to just go away. His Hollywood Reporter profile was insane. What was it? What'd they say? It was like his redemption interview. And really, the the honestly, it falls on the author because the author was so generous with him. And then the trans actresses who, who accused him of misconduct, there were these like kind of personal flourishes in the profile where it was like, well... You know, one of those actresses um, tried to kill herself, and the other one, she loved raunchy humor on set, and it was just sort of excuse. It was just not great. It was not great. I feel like just because he was part of Transparent, like people give him a pass because, like, he seems woke as a man for like being in that role and being right. on that show. But he's just but garbage I mean, you can still monster. be a douchebag and yeah. play a trans person. Well, on TV. also, like that was good for his career. So I mean. Trans was paying the bills, you know. Um, yeah. 
Well, you anyway, keep talking I about it. it. No, I, I just, hate. I hated it. And I felt, I felt really bad. I couldn't believe it. And I'm glad that, I'm also glad though, that an interview like that can come out and people will be like, oh, that's fucked up. Whereas four years ago, I feel like any people would just like have not bad an eyelash and it would have been the status quo. So at least we're having Or that. like it makes it seem like, oh, Jessica Walter's yes, crazy. Yes, she's crazy. She's exactly. Oh, whatever. she's emotional. She's emotional. Right. Yeah. And now I it's mean, like, it's no, no, like, no. As Next. someone who's actually lived that exact same experience, with it's me. like, <laughs> yeah, with you every day of our lives together. No, just in my life, in certain elements and parts of my life, it's like, it's too much. Yeah. Like, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The gaslighting and the, the victim blaming and again, the boys club banding. And together. like, just the the shutting it down and like minimizing oh where you're like but then this also is being actually like, yes a big deal for me and then everyone around you being like it's not that big of a deal it's not honestly that big. It's not and a big then deal. you start to feel like a crazy person because you're like wow i am just like a psychotic bitch like i guess i'm emotional and unstable and like i can't handle it and it turns you into like you become your own worst enemy because mm-hmm. you think like oh if everyone around me is seeing something differently then i must be the one with the problem mm-hmm yeah, sounds like you've uh, you've experienced it. <laughs> I'm like, reach out to me offline. <laughs> but we're um, here now, okay. and we're thriving, and we have a great we guest a great today. Guest. And I would like to get into that because I'm yes. really being brought down to a dark level with yes. all this talk of men gaslighting women. Today we have a beautiful soul. A star mm-hmm. in a universe of darkness. That's true. A bright shining light. A bright shining light. A bastion of hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a beacon of grace. <laughs> Freckle. What is bastion again? A ba- <laughs> about like a Educated. pillar. I like know a, you're really good with words. That was one of the first things that Aww. told me about you. He's like, she is like a wordsmith. Oh, wow. <laughs> and wow. I was like, I'm illiterate. <laughs> Teach me, mommy. <laughs> Do you prefer to be introduced as Freckle or Jason Green, yeah. aka Freckle, or like how would you introduce uh, yourself? Um, whatever you prefer. <laughs> I'm here to please you. Uh, it's like my pronoun. I'm open. Um, I I like to think of you know how people have um pet names. I think of Freckle as like a pet name, or it mm-hmm. rather than a nickname. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a, like a little bit of a difference, right? Yeah, that's how I always thought of it, and then. Freckle just took a life of its own. Freckle was like a, a thing I performed even before I did Caleb Gallo, the gay and winner's life of Caleb Gallo, a five part digital series on YouTube. Um, before <laughs> I did that, um, I was doing Freckle live on stage. And I think that it's just sound like, I don't know. I, I like when some people are like Jason, I'll respond to her. They say freckle, but freckle just sounds cute. You know, With yeah. like, it's adorable. It has like, like a freckle to yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to know the etymology, mm-hmm. yeah. Or is it, um, origin or I think origin, origin, origin. Yeah. Your well, origin story. <laughs> if you look at the sky at night, a freckle in space is a star. Oh. And we're all just a freckle in space. We're all stars. It's Buddhist. I love it. <laughs> it is I Buddhist. Love it. Yeah. Well, how did how did freckle come about? I mean, well, a long time ago, when you know how you go around in the circle and people were like, "Your stripper name is like your first pet and mm-hmm. your first street you lived on, yeah. or something." And I was just like, "I think my stripper name would be Freckle." Like, I just thought. Mm-hmm. It was like it was a joke because it right. was supposed to be like something that's bad. Like people don't like freckles, and then I was um, 
at like a drag show before I even known about drag or mm-hmm. RuPaul or any of that world. And, um, I like, it was where they were going into the audience asking people with stuff. And he was like, are you even old enough to be here? Give me a driver's license. And I took it out. And he was like, and I had like a little bit of nail polish on. He's like, are you, uh, little did he know about the trans emergence that was going to happen. But he was like, are you a little baby drag? And I was like, um, yeah. He's like, or do you just do it for Halloween? It was Raven. Raven's one of the drag queens. And I was like, um, a little bit of both. He's like, okay, what's your name? What's your drag name? And I was like. And it just kind of, I hadn't thought about that story of the, the stripper name since mm-hmm. like, high, like sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Frackle. And he was like, okay, all the greats have one word names. I love a Cher, one word. Madonna. Yeah, and he was like, me, Raven. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So that stuck. And then it just, then I created the allegory, mm-hmm. etymology, origin <laughs> of Frackle. And it just stuck. I don't know. Where does Freckle end and Jason begin? Or are they just one and the same? Um, in the past, it was a um, it was a con- conglomerate of like m- my idea of a modern flapper. In the old days, flappers uh, cut their hair short and wore pants, and so this was the idea of like a boy growing their hair long and wearing a skirt. Mm-hmm. And I was really drawn by like Joan Crawford who um, was an extra and then like people were like her and then she'd get a line and then it was during prohibition and she would go to the speakeasies and get on the tabletop drunk and do the Charleston (laughs) and F Scott Fitzgerald said she was the quintessential flapper. Oh wow. And then she became a um, like, she would just have a line and two lines of movies and and directors just like that girl, get that girl. (laughs) And, um, from virtually from nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that freckle was like a vaudeville turn vaudeville showgirl, a Akbar, um, (laughs) turned twenties film starlet, 2020s, which is actually my fruition because I just filmed Amy Poehler's new movie Wine Country as Freckle. They wrote the character. As Freckle. Really? Yeah, they gave the character's name Freckle and they wrote me into it. So that was kind of like, oh my God, I'm manifesting, right? Right. Um, How was that, by the way? So fun. Um, Rachel Dratch. Rachel Dratch was hilarious. Uh, Maya Rudolph, um, a friend. Um, (laughs) Dear, dear dear friend. friend. I I have a lot to say about the Nikki stuff in a second um <laughs> anna gaster and i hit it off really well um did paula pell write it right? yes and she's in it and she's so oh, fun. She's fantastic and um and then it turned out it was so crazy until i got to set that so i'm in like the climax of the film and i playing kind of like a freckle but like art fag mm-hmm. you know that i can save that, mm-hmm. like, yeah, that terminology like in a yeah. gallery that's supposed to be like we're millennials i'm uh-huh. like the uh, Freckle the Millennial, basically. And the girl who was, like, dating one of the... It's a group of 50-year-olds going to wine country, and one of them falls for this girl. And the girl is the actress Maya Erskine, who I went to high school with and was one of my close friends. Oh, wow. Not just somebody I went to high school with. Like, she was one of my girls, you know? What a full circle moment. Were you guys like, look at us now? I mean, when we were 15, we were like, we're going to be in movies together someday. And As, like, little pretentious kids at the right. Arts high school, but um, she does a lot. She was in like Man versus Woman on FX. She was in an NBC heartbeat. Um, oh, great! She's just sold her show, um, her own show that she wrote. She's so cool. You should look her up, Maya Erskine. 
I feel like, I feel like to achieve like big things, you have to kind of be like the 15 year old being like, we're going to do this one day. And it sounds insane, but that's how you fucking get it. Yeah. That's how you get what you want. You have to be a little bit delusional. You have to be a little bit, a little bit of delusion goes a long fucking way. I had mm. a, I had a, um, a falling out. No, I had a fight with an artist one time um she was a visual artist and she was an incredible photographer and she made a documentary about me and um <laughs> and it's she like won't even like give me the tapes or whatever but i have some like rough copies um or some footage and in one of our last fights she was like let your delusions fuel you and i remember thinking that's incredible advice mm-hmm. like yes yeah. they will yeah and and also Everything that we do in this art-making process, Mm. let alone me as an actor, is delusional. I mean, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing (laughs) twice, expecting the same results. Right. When you do a scene, when you are yelling, you know, Stella, or Mm. I've always depended on the kindness of strangers, you're recreating that moment to be real for the first time. Mm -hmm. So, sure, that's the practical application of the craft of acting, but you also have to believe in the impossible to succeed i think in anything yeah mm-hmm. as a fellow least. actor i relate yeah <laughs> yeah i'm a fellow anything, but to be though. in like to be working i think in trying to do anything creative at least you have to have like some level of just like belief in yourself that in what could be and faith that it will just work out even though the odds are oh, stacked said, against you oh yeah pretty much a hundred percent of the time. I, I, when I, I got my first uh, job writing for this TV show called awkward and I, when I was living in New York and I woke up and I was like, I think when I write for that show awkward. And then I moved here and I didn't know how anything worked. I didn't know when things staffed and then awkward was staffing right when I moved here and I got the job. It was crazy. Like mm-hmm. I really, truly like manifested that shit. It's real. It's like, it. it's tricky to talk about cause you don't want to sound like psychotic or kind right. of like, I mean, like, are you big on the secret and law of attraction? And- um, I'm not. I just oh. am like, I know where, comes from um esther hicks who channels abraham uh-uh do you, oh okay so the secret was this like mass sold book dvd tape yeah based off these tapes from abraham H- esther hicks who channels abraham which is funny because abraham she was, from the bible and no it's just the spirit abraham and it comes <laughs> who's her. abraham oh, we, we, we'll pull up a thing in a bit and it's she's like she, and she has this mid-atlantic accent she's very like we are knowing what we are wanting. Mm-hmm. We are coming together for the purpose of co-creating. Yes, <laughs> it feels good. Um, and I definitely like devoured those tapes in my early twenties. What the bleep do we know? You oh know? yeah. Uh-huh. And then I did mm-hmm. Meisner. So like, okay. I think I've always been in the field of like manifesting your own reality. I like saying I'm painting my dreams into reality. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. I mean, what's the harm in it too? Like, like exactly. No, there's yeah, no, yeah. no harm. As there's long as no you're harm. not hurting anyone else exactly. in the process of getting oh what you God, want, then yeah. it's fine. But again, you have to be determined. I mean, because also the, the odds of succeeding are are small, just yeah. like whatever. And so, yeah, you have. Well, you I have no interest in shoving somebody out of my way so that I'm in some sort of spotlight. Totally. I quote Marianne Williamson when she says the cosmic spotlight doesn't come from above. It comes from within. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I just need to be about my best self and my yes. best self comes down to a somewhat silly statement, but it, made a lot of sense to me young and I still believe in it, which is just to let your heart explode out of your chest Mm -hmm. and whatever that means, like as metaphorically or like Mm -hmm. literally. Um, and I, I think that I always say like, I I don't think I'm better than anyone, Mm -hmm. but I sure as hell don't think anyone's better than me. So, (laughs) you know, like I just, so that middle ground, you know, I I love that. 
great place to be. Yeah. I also don't believe, like, I think people see someone who is similar to them, quote unquote, or whatever, and they achieve success and they think, oh, well, there goes my seat at the table. And I truly believe that does not exist. Like, I don't believe that one person's success means your own failure. I really also believe that a rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah. I mean, that's like an Mm. ego battle, right? I mean, to Mm. see someone else that reminds you of you and to watch them get what they have wanted and what you've wanted. And well, especially then if you're a minority or a marginalized way. person, because there really truly is only so many seats at the table sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? But I don't, I don't know. I think getting stuck on that is so fruitless. You know, yeah. well, uh, it, there's only so many seats for a marginalized or minority. Yeah. Like, 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 you know, you can go into a network and pitch a show about like three straight men, like talking around at work. And everyone's like, yeah, it's green lighted again, again and again. But like, if there's like one show about like, a black family or there's like the show, you know, whatever, like the, then people feel like, Oh, that, and that's it. There's only one like, like where like looking kind of failed on HBO, you know? And we all kind of had to pay for that as like gay people because p- people saw that as, Oh, no one cares about the lives of gay men. They're like, no, no, we just don't care about the lives of those gay men. Right. There you were no I mean? stars. I yeah. mean, if you look at, and I don't mean stars with resumes, because if you look at sex in the city, it didn't matter what they did. They mm-hmm. were stars. Those mm-hmm. men were boring. Yeah. They were boring as shit. There yeah. were people. And like- I don't need the opposite, which is like queer for the straight guy. No mm-hmm. offense to mm-hmm. uh, my good friend, Jonathan Bennett. Um, <laughs> I mean, not a, no, I shouldn't even say we're friends, but you know, I'm not Mick, Nikki. Bullock. My dear friend. Yeah, my, my I live at dear, dear friend. My dear friend, JVN. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, my show did a very good job. Caleb Gallo. I don't know if, how much of it you've seen. Oh, I've seen oh, he's oh, the okay. one that showed it to me originally. Oh, okay. I showed yeah. it. My first week of being on Will and Grace, I showed it to the whole room. I was like, okay. And they were obsessed. Maybe that's how they got Brian. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Brian was on the I'm radar. I'm still waiting for my call. They were, no, they were obsessed with you. They were obsessed but with they were you. like, dangerous. <laughs> we don't, the pronouns. <laughs> or they were it's just probably like, if they had to bring me in, they'd have to give a backstory probably for pronouns because of like middle America stuff. Yeah. I think and then it would take different. up so much of the episode. And then really people would just be like, we just want to watch Freckle. Like, <laughs> Why would you want to watch those geezers? I would want to watch around? a Will and Grace episode that is just you doing like a one woman show <laughs> yeah. for half an hour, or explaining to them who and what I am. You like, talking about Will and Grace for <laughs> half an hour, like yeah. doing the origin story of <laughs> Will and Grace, like an annotated history. Well, there's yeah. the next show. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, what else is coming? What else is happening for you? For me, yeah. Um, let's see. I have. I'll be. Oh, I think I. It hasn't been released on deadline, but I think I can talk about um, Jordan Firstman has two great shorts. Uh, one, Call Your Father. It did very well in the festival. And his other short, uh, Men Who Whisper, oh, yeah. uh, made it into Sundance. And we will have a series, Call Your Father, uh, that we start shooting in June and July. I probably shouldn't say what network. I just don't know. Right, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. but cool. so who cares? But we're shooting. And then... Um, I we both we I we have a f- mutual friend who is going to be um, having you know a, a, a an e sh- show oh. that I will you know probably play on and play with so like there's stuff there's and then stuff. maybe I don't even need to talk about that I have my own show with companies that are it's like. It's weird. It's that weird gray area of like stuff's happening, but I can't be like, this is coming out. Other than uh, that is literally with... everyone's life all the time. It's yeah. like you're in the waiting oh, room. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, no, I mean, other than wine country, I can say it is funny though, because before I always felt like every three months I could be like, this is coming out, this is coming out. And mm-hmm. for the first time I was like, 
Ooh, I haven't done anything since Search Party, you know? Which, yeah. Mm. So, which is a funny place to, I mean, to speak metaphysically. But there are always lulls, like, uh, in Not this lulls, lulls. Lulls, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, was like, I, I thought you were saying lull no, as well. And I was like, I felt betrayed. I was no. like, no. I was like, that's not how we say a it. A lull. But, and and yeah. what we swear you go through a cycle of <laughs> yeah. being like... Working, 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 doing so much, so much is coming out, and then into like some sort of K hole where it's like either nothing is happening or it's kind of dead, or you're just like creating, but it's like in quiet, secret until right. waiting for the it's, next time that things yeah. start to well, out. It's like there's like an incubation period. There's like, and there's, there is truly so much waiting around. Yeah. It, there really is. And that's the frustrating part, too. But well, how do you or deal with I, waiting around? I was just about to bring it back to this other yeah. point, which is I think it's only society and conditioning that tells you that a lull is a negative or right. that we think by not doing anything is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I, for one, sleep almost. 12 hours in the night. Uh, I nap all the time. My favorite activity is waking up and looking out the window and doing absolutely nothing mm-hmm. for an entire day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love I, a lounge day, like lay mm-hmm. in bed, just like I think love a about lounge things, year. Personally, <laughs> I've been on the lounge. Well, no, and I also I think about it, I'm like, oh, when I'm shooting, I'm going to be shooting twelve hours and all the time. It's like I might as well just let myself go back to sleep. I might as well sleep now, mm-hmm. you totally. know, and then get do stage later. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I I don't see. I, the other day, I went out on foot, and I went and got a coffee, and then I <laughs> went out on, went on foot. foot. Yeah, like well, <laughs> like so for a walk. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then I walked around the reservoir. I'm going out on. I'm foot. going out on foot. I'll be back. The other day, I went out on foot. <laughs> Is that not? A, oh, no, I like love that. it. I just like the way that you. And I just strolled, and it was beautiful. You know, like I, I granted, I have a Buddhist background, and I do have a Zen kind of Taoist. Um, literacy to <laughs> my training so i when you said you said lull and you said frustrating mm-hmm. to me that's kind of my zone because to me what's the antithesis like like shooting emails and and getting gigs and being hungry and 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 also like winning like i don't like how much money does one need a right and be like I don't know if I even need, and, and of course I require a lot of attention, but I don't even know if I need that much attention. Like I, I don't think that's what wakes me up in the morning and kicks yeah. off the cover is to like be nationally known. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm just going to be on foot. Yeah. And people are going <laughs> to figure it out as they have. What's interesting. And Does that make me lazy? No, no, no okay. I, I'm actually very jealous of your point of view because I've been writing the, for the white one doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I've just, I've been writing for television for five years and it's very much like a feast or famine kind of vibe. It's like, you're working a lot or you're not. And I've really like, I, now like, we're shooting my show in July. And so congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And it's exciting and it's really fun, but it does feel like I feel very like anxious. Cause I'm just like, what do I do? And I feel also a sense of guilt of like, I should be working on something else. I should be doing something else, but I don't know how to really channel that energy. Yeah. Cause I also feel like I'm waiting and that's its own emotional real estate. So I think your mindset of like the Buddhism, whatever it, I think that's a really Buddhism, yeah. whatever. whatever. <laughs> um, that's exact. No. That was the book. It was yeah, Buddhism, Buddhism, whatever. whatever. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's a 
really, I think that's honestly, I've realized that in order for me, because this is the only thing I want to do. I want to write. I want to create. That's all I want to do. So I, the business is not going to change. Well, yeah, the business is not going to change. So I have to change me for the business because I, Mm -hmm. because I, I can't be like this. I can't. Yeah. You have to find a way to like work within the confines of whatever business you choose to be in. Like no matter who you are, essentially, unless you're just totally independently, I guess, wealthy or just have Mm -hmm. resources at your disposal. Right. But I don't know. It's also, it's challenging for me because it's like I feel and this might just be like my Gemini nature but it's like I will be either have you seen seen all the Gemini memes by the way what of like it's Gemini season and it's people literally like running from like dumpster fires (laughs) like literally being like screaming for their lives my Gemini season has been off to like a very TBD start can you can we go back what does that mean I've been like kind of feeling I've been like kind of feeling depressed but Mm. then terrified that I'm going to fall into like a depression K-hole which makes anxiety which makes anxiety and then also I'm like not taking my meds at the same time every day and I don't know why it's just like sometimes I'll be like hey I'm gonna take this at midnight and then the next day I'm like I'll take it at 4pm it's like what weird kind, is it medication that you need to take yeah it's like it's Zoloft so it's like it's so you I don't feel one be, dose I, you don't feel one dose but it's, it's like, like you're Kalana supposed Pinter to take it no okay. you're supposed to take it the same time every day to like be evened out and okay. i don't know why i'm like choosing to go on a roller coaster and my birthday's coming <laughs> up it which feels I good you're resisting the medication i'm not like a scientologist that's anti-medication but i believe in like just i don't feeling know i love feeling. you so to me i'm like if you're feeling off the rocker i'm like I like you off the rocket because that's who you are. But I'm a firm believer I'm like, in like, you love you. that. I don't. I used oh, yeah, to think that like, I love great. that. But <laughs> I really don't. Like, I can't. No, can't Laura needs to be on I, the rocket. Then, then why don't you just take it every day? That's what I would I know. Want. Because I don't know. Because I like to self-sabotage a little okay. bit. Because like, you're a brunette. Because you're a different Yeah. And I am also but, like my, I'm not blonde anymore. And that really throws her off her And it threw me off. And you stole my blonde. I did. I came for you. Okay. So Freckle became blonde around the time that my blonde was growing out and then we were at several social functions where people were mistaking us for each other oh, no they were that you were me that's i'm just kidding i love you so much um i want to get back to a point unless are you i'm done <laughs> Because I've already lost it, so it's fine. But I was going to say, when yeah. you have that, what do I do until July? Yeah. Y- meditation yes. and yoga, unless those are cliche answers, but like, no, I think you don't do either of those. No, you don't no. do um, So that would help. Um, you go, dabble go fall in and love. like to talk about it to me a lot, but like then it doesn't happen. I fall off. I yeah. start it and then I fall off because when I try to meditate, I, my mind wanders a lot and then I'm like, oh wow, I'm really fucked up because I can't even concentrate. But that's like and the whole I, thing about meditation. I know. And then you don't want to go to therapy? No, I'm in therapy. Okay. And my therapist says meditation. Yeah. Okay. My therapist literally says So we're in a loop. Week. We're like in a crazy loop. We're in a yeah. loop. Yeah. So basically, yeah. so I'm in a loop of in constant anxiety and not. You, doing why you the necessary steps to take care of it. Who am I? I feel like I, I have the answers and I don't. No, no. Answers, so just, I think I think but me, like, I think meditation is key and I think it's cliche for a reason because it works for a lot of people. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like one of those things that's so simple it makes me mad that it mm. like. Well, I go to the the gym is my meditation, but it's not enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like running is really chic, but. You can only run from things for so long. Yeah. And sweat is good, but it's like keeping everything in balance. Cause right now, like my like Buddhist practice is like totally fallen off and I feel, start to feel like 
manic or crazy when I don't have that one element of my life, like in a consistent place. But then it's like, I really rebel against that. Cause I really don't, I've never liked to have any sort of like rules or like, routine? I don't routine or uh-huh. even like trusting someone else to be like, this would help you. Then I'm like, yeah, it doesn't. And like, I can help myself. But then what, what's true is like, life takes a certain balance of a lot of different things to like, well, it takes a lot of work to just be happy. And I think like, I think in your twenties, like you, I had the same baseline in my twenties always. And I could like burn my life to the ground and be like, anyways, like I had such emotional elasticity. And I feel like now that I'm in my thirties, I'm kind of understanding like, Oh, all of that kind of amounted to something like I'm going to have to pay for those mistakes. It's like I was living life on credit and now I have to like pay the credit card company. Do you know what I mean? Like, I do. I quote a Buddhist text. (laughs) If you say I want happiness, Mm -hmm. take away the I because that's identity Mm -hmm. um, and selfishness. And if you take away the want, that's desire. Mm -hmm. And then you're left with happiness. Mm. That's so true. Where did to take? My guru. I love it. I know. (laughs) Um, wild, or a babe brew. Yeah. It's Bye-bye. a babe brew. It is a babe brew. Oh, yeah. A boo brew. Well, I, you know, I didn't mean to, to cut you off if I did. About coming, becoming blonde? So, oh, I don't know. No. At, at, at about, any point, oh. I'd cut you off. But I just had thought about something about just knowing who and what you are and, like, is so important. And for me, it's been the greatest awakening to be like I don't have a six pack I'm not going to do anything to get a six pack Mm -hmm. so I'm probably never going to have a six pack so I'm not going to play the roles of a person who has a six pack so oh coming around to the jealousy thing was what it was uh so already I'm free of like that whole infrastructure of Mm -hmm. being quote-unquote hot by mainstream standards. Mm-hmm. So when I released that, it was like, okay, then I just am what I am, you know, and I can't be like anybody else or f- fit in to s- – I don't fit in. So it's – the jealousy thing doesn't come up because there's nobody I'd rather be uh, be other than myself. Mm-hmm. And also nobody can do – be me other than they can be themselves. But in full circle, I will say, when people admit that they're like, oh, I'm an extremely jealous person, or mm-hmm. um, I'm, I am obsessed with celebrities, I'm actually, it warms my heart by their honesty than somebody who pretends they're not <laughs> obsessed with celebrities or not a jealous person, mm-hmm. and then goes through their life. Like, that's right. more terrifying than somebody who's just like, oh, yeah. 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 Right. I, always, I, yeah, well, so then, I always say, like, if you own everything, no one can take anything away from you. And I think that's, like, always, like, an important thing. To How remember. many times do you say that? I said it a lot. Oh. Is that true? I like it. Yeah. yeah. But it's I true, like though, because it. it's true. I also quote the Valley of Dolls, they can take everything away from you, but they can't take away your talent. <laughs> it's true. Amen. <laughs> Was that Sharon Tate? <laughs> Oh, no, that's no, Neely O'Hara, that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was... Um, or Anne. No, it was the old... Susan Hay... Or the... 
Oh, the, the, the Judy old... Garland character saying it to Neely O'Hare. Oh, God, I love Valley of the Dolls. It's I remember so I read it. More, yeah, I read the book is eighteen on Adderall. And Me yeah. too. It sans Adderall, but at therapeutic but like boarding at school. 18, yeah, like that real. I right. And I was like, these turner. are my ladies. Oh yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, like I can't read right. a book. Like right. I have to listen to a book on tape. Yeah. For instance, um, picture of Dorian Gray. I had on my nightstand for two weeks. I could barely get through. Um, the first chapter, for whatever reason, I sat down and I did book on tape, mm-hmm. and I didn't lose attention for two hours. Wow. And I listened to the entire thing. So you know, that's another thing of like know who you are and then know how you learn, know what works yeah. for you, yeah, and also, don't resent it about yourself because oh, it's like no, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out. Like I feel like some what works for me and what doesn't, or it's like once I have figured it out, then I get really mad about it. Like I'm like, why is it like this? Say, break for me? that down again a little. Like. uh, Are you like, I know eight glasses of water and a 20 minute jog in the morning works for me, but because I know it, it makes me upset. It makes me upset and I don't want to do it then. And then I like get really resistant. I don't know. It gets like weird. Well, you're like, you're like really into self-sabotage sometimes. I think Uh, we said that earlier. So let's circle back around to that. Let's circle back around. Yeah. Have you ever like studied the phenomenon or like researched it or like read it? I'm sure there's an entire book on it. I'm sure there is. And I would need, I would love any references to like a book like that because it is a self-sabotage and it is like it's like yeah it's like i want i I wish i had the reference or book but i think what makes us similar is that i definitely can relate yeah it's like it feels powerful to me to destroy something in my life that's good or like punish myself and be like so well i know this is the good stuff person yeah, to myself, you're, you're, probably. Yeah. yeah. And you can grow out of that, though. <laughs> <laughs> you're a killer. <laughs> you can grow out of that, though, because I was like no, that, I too, in my 20s, and I just grew, I grew out of it. I well, just, she's dead. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> in, I'm what? 33. No, I think, I, I think, Jesus age. So maybe you're like, maybe you need to, like, I'm having my maybe moment. Maybe you're killing yourself to, like, reincarnate. Like, yeah, I think so. Exploring carpentry. And I don't, I just, I don't know. I feel like it's the more probably, I know, the more I don't you know, know. It's either fear of fear of failure or fear of success, which both are it's, equally scary. For you, it's fear of failure, I think. I think. No, I think it's both. Really? Mm-hmm. Fear of success? They're both tied in, though. They're both the same thing. They're opposite ends the other, of the spectrum. Right. And it all comes down to, to not identity. I think it comes down to um, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Are you guys familiar with Brené Brown's TED Talk, Power of Vulnerability, Listening to Shame? No. Mm-hmm. Changed my fucking life. Oh really? my God, wait, I'm, I'm writing that Look, down. Every Buddhist book This is I've like a therapeutic moment for me. Honey, every- I didn't know you're such a resource. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. I it, it makes me a little sad that sometimes when I get that, like, oh, I didn't realize how smart you'd be. It's like, well, what do I give off? Like that I'm a drunk slut? No, no, no I just, I just, you just know, know we don't know each other. That. Yeah, That's yeah, I, did, I didn't that. know that. I think like, it's like Buddhist people. I didn't know any of this stuff. Yeah, like before I met you, I just knew of you like through Ed and through your online presence, and so I guess I had a preconceived notion that you might be like difficult to talk to or be like uh, I don't uh, know, maybe like bonkers. a bitch or something. Oh God, that and one then, gets me. Mm-hmm. Full, like that one when sometimes I meet who who have that like pre- preconceived notion. Yeah. That's what that term is. Um, 
that one throws me for a little... If they think I'm bonkers, I'm like, oh, okay, because the inner... It's like, yeah, because right. I'm putting this kind of thing. But the bitch... It was I, weird. And then we sat down. I remember we, like, had coffee one morning when I was staying at Ed's house for, a, like, a couple weeks. And yeah. And we, like, really chatted for, like, a long time. It was such a nice conversation. And I was like, oh, that was so different than what I thought. But it's just, like, my own preconceived notion and probably my insecurities of being like, oh, like... Freckle would be like this per yeah like, wouldn't like me or like oh, okay be I mean prob- to me or something like uh, that. Oh no, I would never be mean. No, but I but I definitely now I know what you're saying and now I'm like oh I've definitely thought that about somebody else too. So yeah. I'm like yes, a hundred percent. And I think that people think that about me a lot of the time. Like they, think they that do. I'm like yeah. cold or like I'm not interested or like I'm gonna brush them off. Which uh, isn't true. Do like you 90% brush of people off? Yeah. Are you not interested? Sometimes, sometimes not. I'm not interested. Sometimes I'm really not interested, but most <laughs> I am interested. Oh actually I will say with you because you came to Madonna in and I had some like freaky characters and the people that like would annoy other people, I remember looking at you and be like, I like them. <laughs> yeah. I remember you oh, I love I, a character. We're, yeah. we're opposite. I get really triggered and trolled by people that are like mm and then, but you love it. I you love, it. I love anyone who's like down to like just lol, lol or, or, or be extra, be or extra, lolers, or like let their freak fa- flag, uh-huh. fra- freak, freak flag flow, freak, freak fag yeah. flow. Yeah. <laughs> anyone yeah. that's willing to do that and yeah. like put it out what's there. What's the opposite? You're just bored. Like you're, yeah, you're oh, bored. Oh, and I really live oh. vicariously through a spirit like that because like. At my core, like when I'm my truest self, I'm like a lawler through yes. and through, just like loud and vibrant and whatever. And then at my like most negative, it's like I'm withdrawn, quiet, resentful. So it's like I appreciate that spirit coming from people. And I love just like a wild, I love a wild Well, yeah. I, I guess maybe, I don't know. It's amazing how many people I meet that just don't have opinions. It's really crazy. Some people just don't have anything. Some people are watchers or observers yeah. or... Yeah. I'm seeing a guy and I have to learn how to accept that just because he's not extroverted or... Mm-hmm. Um, nuts so to speak <laughs> like maybe he keeps it on the inside like that that he's as valid as somebody else's that's why i was like when you just said the thing you're like oh i um in my best i can like go with that and then in in when in my most negative i'll get withdrawn and instantly my mind didn't go oh so that's the good one that's bad one my mind went oh because you're a whole person. Yeah. Because you're a human and being. And that's the spectrum. Who experiences everything. Yeah. Like, that, and that's not- the other thing about like self-help or self-realization mm-hmm. is that it's like, it, there's no good over evil. Like, right. It's all of it. And it doesn't have to be one or the other. Like I'm probably the best place is to exist somewhere in between that because it's like those are two. I think nuance like- is like dying. I feel like people are not into nuance anymore. People are really into like black and white. Like mm-hmm. things being one way or the other. And it's a real bummer because life is everything. It's just nuance. That's all it is. Right? I mean, I don't know. People are angry and I think people have every right to be angry. But sometimes I'm like, I'm tired of you being so angry. Or like, mm-hmm. there'll be like, it's like PC culture, which I obviously right. get into trouble with because... I like to just say whatever comes out of my mouth, knowing that my heart is good. So mm-hmm. I'm like, 
it's semantics at that point. Don't mm-hmm. tell me that something I'm saying, because I do believe I'm, I'm an actor. I believe in the communication of like, you're breathing life into words, not the words themselves. Yeah. But then some people are writers and they believe the words are the words themselves. So, um, <laughs> I, I'm losing my mind, you know, but like to like call everything out mm-hmm. all the time. I'm like, it's exhausting. I, it's do you exhausting ever just sit by a p- puddle? <laughs> and, and like, like touch it. on foot, you know, on foot. I went and out like, on foot. The other on foot. I feel like those people don't take a moment to smell the roses. No, yeah. they're looking you know? for the roly poly that's going out of the rose. And that's I, a or the thorn. Yeah, yeah the thorn. in their eye. And it's yeah. like, and I'm really a person that like, I want to be like, I just want to lol at the end yeah. of the day. And I want to like, I think that that's like, for me has been the best way of coping with like anything that's happened in my life or mm. anything that continues to happen. And like, that's like what I want to provide to the world. It's and a philosophy. That, yeah. I and mean, that we, we got to the bottom of it in Kansas. Like when we mm-hmm. did the video, like what is actually the law? It's not, yeah. Right? Remember, yeah. we were getting it with Ed. We were coming into, like... And I think it should be written. I think it should be what a was thought it? What piece. What was this? Like a theory of lols. Ooh, okay. It's a not just theorist. laughing out loud. Like It's, it's a not whole, just laughing out loud. It's a state it's of like, mind. It's a state of mind. Mm-hmm. A way of being. A way, a way of, of It's a lens to which to see it. The lol, I think it's called the lol lens. Like, it doesn't deny darkness. Like, if somebody was like, well, what if I'm having a bad day? Does that mean I can't hang out with lols if I don't feel like laughing that day? It's like, no, that's part of... That's part of it. Having the bad day is the lol. Yeah. Because, like, I've had, God knows, I mean, you've seen me a lot less like this, but I mean, with Ed, there was one day where we were in Japan and I was, like, truly in a null zone. Like, there's nothing that he could say oh, that would that make you... me laugh. But I got bad you news got bad earlier news. that day. Uh, but, like, then I was just very negative. And it's, like, he's definitely someone that tries to, like, breathe, like, lols or, like, life or, like, lift you kind of up out of that place. And for me, sometimes it will take a while. And then I know that I'm being, like, a psycho that's refusing to, like, play ball with a lol. And then it will end up being one little thing that just flips the switch. And then I can just laugh at the entire situation and, like, laugh at myself for being, like, Uh, such mm -hmm. a null. And then, like, make fun of it. And it kind of is just... That's the breaking point, It's the biggest, like, release. And then you kind of realize, like... Nothing is like it's not life. Nothing is life or death. Yeah, I've gotten really good at like metabolizing trolls into instant lols. Like I remember when I was I was going out for this uh, job on a show and I was outside the Fox lot and someone pulled over and was like, "Do you need to go to the hospital?" <laughs> 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 which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, which has happened to me before, by the way. Yeah. Because I have a limp. I have cerebral palsy. So people, like, truly look at me and they're like, do you need an, the ER? Like, I'm not kidding you. Like, they assume that I need help. And mm-hmm. it's and I was going in for Speechless, the show about the kid with CP, which I thought was brilliant. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going in about, like, and this happens to me outside the meeting. And, I, like, I feel like a couple years ago, that would have destroyed me. That would have actually, like, gutted me. And I would have, like, totally, like, turtled up and been, like, inconsolable. Yeah. But I just thought it was funny. I thought it was bizarre. I thought it was, like, kind of perfect to be going into this for this show and having this happen to me. That's it's a the co- philosophy of the lol. Yeah. yeah. For it's a sure. cosmic. Yeah. yeah. It's like a cosmic lol at the end mm-hmm. of the day. It takes a while to get 100%. there. And it takes a while to get there. But my Because I did guess, not look at like that. Like I, when people like troll me or like say something to me or try and like attack in that way, like that doesn't bother me. Like I, th- I think like, that it's really funny. I can't imagine uh-huh. them doing that. So what's an example? Uh, uh, <laughs> it happens. It happens. <laughs> so I have a phenomenon. Okay. I bring, oh, I bring it, I bring a lot of things back to myself. Um, so, you know. 
stop me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this no. Is, this is it's all good. Now. This is why you're here. Um, I am kind of shocked at how very little to almost none hate mail or like those kind of messages I don't receive. And I have two theories, which is I'm like terrifying. Like people must be so, like, I must seem like Charles Manson to these, some people. And they like, no, I think they might or not know. B, they, I haven't hit enough of a large enough bodies for somebody to get pissed off. Yeah. Um, cause I'm in that same I camp. Say, like I don't get me either though. I don't get like hateful messages online. I don't get like people trolling. Like, I honestly yeah. think it's cause we're not famous enough. I'm serious. Like I think, I, I, but I also think that, or we're is not, it the energy you put out there? Yeah. Well, you're just bringing people joy. I mean, I, I, I don't well, know. Well, and no, but silly. I don't know and, like, that's what like, people could attack. I mean, you could have like right wing people attacking you, I guess for being who you are, but I, <laughs> I guess, but I, but I I'd love have, to see them try. Yeah. But well, you're, I don't even think, I think they're so right wing. They, they actually couldn't because it would like prove themselves. Like, what are they going to like say? Like, but you no also, lashes. Like, <laughs> but you're also incredibly self possessed, and it feels like whatever troll you're going to endure, like truly, you're just like whatever. Like, I feel, I feel like that. Like, you know what I mean? I, for myself, I told you, I want to bring it back to myself. Mm-hmm. I, I also went through the ringer of um, very rigorous method acting classes, classical training, and fake audition for American Idol when I was 20 singing I Touch Myself. Oh like, my god, I remember that. I forgot yeah. about that. Obviously Iconic. it's a joke. Like, if right. I wanted to sing, I would have sang Mary Had a Little Lamb or something. Like, right. I, I, you know, and I right. went in to... Because I was really into the show Punked at the time. Oh, totally. And like, Jack Shepard. And like, I don't know. It just, it was one of those things where like it kept fueling the beast and the gag kept, the law kept going. But yeah, that's like the ultimate law is like, it was the troll. Well, you troll. troll. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that it went over people's heads, it was literally, I would say a month, if not months, before, this is how old I am. The viral video of like the cat drinking milk that like when you put a if things were going viral on YouTube but didn't necessarily translate to Facebook yet. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? How mm-hmm. it, like that? Yeah, yeah. Actually, there was a period where that wasn't really happening. Like truly, like in the this is two thousand seven. Like I just graduated high school. I graduated high school in two thousand six. So what mm-hmm. is that? Like eleven years ago. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is how kind of archaic this stuff was because they didn't have that. A, it was like things weren't just instantly made into YouTube videos and instantly put on Facebook. That's beside the point. It did go over people's head, and like the threat, the comments on YouTube were like, "This gay," which is like okay, (laughs) and like fag, and like yes, and yeah. I was like, that's like calling the kettle black. I don't understand. Even at twenty one, I was like, huh. And then it was like, if I saw this person on the street, I'd punch them. Like, that's a flaming faggot. Um, that's a rapist and a pedophile. Like oh, just like truly, like utterly, like this is the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Granted, I sang "I Touch Myself" and I was like vibing with like a like when I think back now. Part- you were being a hypo. You were being hyposexual. Sure. Hypersexual. Hypo. But, but I will say. That it's only because I come from the indie LA like art world that it appeared that way because ultimately I was a, when I look at it now it's like a twenty year old boy just like 
being letting, a silly. Letting his freak flag wave or yeah. letting his fag freak flow. What was the new thing? <laughs> freak I was just being flow. gay. Yeah. And we had not seen gay, and regardless of Will and Grace, yes. no. like that before. And right. all of their commentary have nothing to do with my singing, have nothing to do with... I wouldn't even say it was like... It has it, to do with visibility. Yeah, I don't not, even think they were like, oh, you're, you're being really with. sexual, this is weird. It was right. like, we... A gay... Oh, a confident gay person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, like, and don't I don't recognize. mean a confident gay man that has a six-pack and a crew cut. Right. So, like, to have a confident, like, which is now the norm, mm-hmm. I really right. think, especially with, like, the kid, like, like I'm not even getting into gender fluid trans yet. I'm, like, not right. even, I'm talking about just being, like, a little bit of a hippie. Or yeah. Like, mm-hmm. A little yeah. bit of a, like, fuck you establishment. Right. So... What? No. So, uh, <laughs> so to have heard that at 21 and to be 30 now, there's really not much you can tell me that I haven't heard mm-hmm. or not much you can tell me that I don't know myself enough not to know that it's not true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you said, hey, redhead, I'd be like, I'm, I don't have red hair. I've <laughs> you know, so it's like, I yeah. don't, like, what? Right. Uh, well, it's just having or, a strong sense of self. I mean, yeah. really. Or your hair looks like shit. Okay. Like, I know it does. I mean, like, I washed it and I tried to curl it myself and, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it didn't do it. like, fell out. Like, I guess it looks like so. <laughs> like, that. that's, so, I, I, I don't know what part of my character or my being could be attacked that I would feel vulnerable about unless somebody was like, do algebra. And they'd be like, you can't. I'd be mm-hmm. like, you're right. I'd be like, I don't know. Like, yeah, so it's hard to, to me, find like, something that's to, like... Meisner says, I wish the stage were as narrow as a tightrope so no amateur would ever get on it. And I think it's like, there should be a prerequisite to releasing anything. I have a whole other theory about... Um, musicians and actors remind me. Okay, of, yeah. Of the, and this, like, this, like, I would just want to, like, extrapolate on it because I think it'd be okay. good fodder for you guys. But it's like, if you haven't self identified to yourself, then you should <laughs> not put any content onto the world. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I mean, I agree with you. Like, I think that, like, I'm a person who is careful about what I say and what I put out into the world, but I also like stand by what makes me lol. And I know that that's always been my barometer for like whatever I put out there. And I'm learning that it might not a hundred percent of the time make other people lol, but I'm open to them telling me that. And like, I can, for own, you as for the public figure. Yeah. Like, and I can your own, own what I say. The spotlight, let's yeah. say. And I can own what I say and everything. And if someone was to like, talk shit about me or my appearance, which has been done like online or like my voice saying mm-hmm. I have the voice of a man, which was like <laughs> my, too. my well, first memory she, as a she, child being like, Oh my God, I have a man voice. Well, it's she like, has high T. It's high not, high, it's like high, high testosterone, high testosterone. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. So also like the voice of a man, that's like, it's great. Turner. Like, Power. That's like, yeah. yeah. Powerful. yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. And like, I don't, I take everything with a grain of law. I mean, I don't, there are some things I can get sensitive about, but that mostly comes from like close friends rather than like some random stranger tweeting or talking shit about me. I mean, I believe in having dialogue. Wait, break that down again. 
Like, I get more sensitive about, like... A friend or a stranger? A friend uh-huh. than I do a stranger. I laugh at... Specifically, a pe- inside or outside? Inside. Like, who you are emotionally? No, like, who... Yeah, like, who I am emotionally. So there's something a friend could say about you emotionally that could, like, get you. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's full circle to what we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. Well... Don't have friends other than friends like me that love what's inside of you. <laughs> Am I right? Well, yeah. Yeah. I like, I, I, by 30, I've gotten, like, I don't have acquaintances because, like, I don't, I'm such a floozy, so to speak, that I don't, like, make promises. <laughs> like, but it's been such a great buffer that the only right. people in my, like, proximity I know, like, love me. Yeah. To the point that I know what you're saying, though, where if a close person said something that fucked with well, your well-being on the, the inside. The close people but, are the ones that know you, like, So then why would they out. do but that? Not, so that would be coming so from scary. A, not coming from a place of, like, trying to hurt, but, like, Accidental? I'm just saying, yeah, like, saying. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Something that gets to be like offensive or is just like hurtful. Laura, you're unhinged. Mm. No. Okay. <laughs> well, Laura and I have disagreements. <laughs> we have disagreements. We had a disagreement on the podcast oh, last week that was like a it was big, a big beta. Yeah, a babe out that got cut. Yeah, because no one needs to be privy to that kind of drama from no. us. Well, but I it's like, <laughs> I mean, I I'm just know, trying just... to collect my collect my mm. original thing, which is I think, which again is very different between one on one off a mic not public mm-hmm. and I'm putting myself out there I like to think of, as actors and as performers we are the pie in the face people like mm-hmm. we are when you do that you almost take a a vow or an oath or a creed that is like because a you're doing it either out of self-expression but potential but then you're going to get something out of self-expressing yourself but in that sky i don't know anything about Mm -hmm. her but in that realm or any one of those people you're doing it because you want the ferrari or you're doing it because you want the live stadium or the adulation or the glory or or some kind of financial reimbursement Mm -hmm. but go be a social worker go study law the Mm -hmm. second you do that you are signing up for surrendering yourself to the public and why that is not like common law blows my mind right is all i was saying yeah but like as far as me and you like at a bar aside from there not even at a bar at dinner and then me saying something personal that like 
is hurt you like that's a very different situation that's different yeah and that's and not what i'm talking about is because i don't i don't have friends like that that yeah. make I like state- no, 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 ready no. to be like let's like, i'm saying <laughs> in the clean frame- up your life right now like i'm here for a purpose then <laughs> like <laughs> i'm saying like in the frame of like but in the context of last week per raw. se it's like i am i'm very aware that i am putting myself out there on this podcast and mm-hmm. i do say things that are very personal and share like very intense parts of my life with the thousands of people that listen to this and that, and I'm, I'm into that, but Mm. it also is really vulnerable. So when there's a moment, I think with like last week where it's like you, someone who is like my best friend to say, to comment and say, make a judgment on something I've said about Mm. myself makes me feel like, Oh my God, like you're not seeing me or you're not hearing me or you're also, you're commenting on that in a non-supportive way. And then that makes me scared. And so I react from that place of being scared because it's like, this is such a vulnerable space for me. And it is like, I forget sometimes. So some friendships are just like, you're so close. It's like holding up a mirror. It's so like, and also this is the blurred lines of the difference between you guys, like sitting on the couch on a Tuesday without this and this being here where it gets a little loose as opposed to like, I like was in a new, like I'm probably, I'm like pretty as open as I'm going to be, but like, and also you guys are not my best friends. I mean, you're, yeah, yeah, as pretty close yeah. as you are, but like I'm talking to people right next to me, oh, yeah. totally. not right here, right now. Yeah. yeah. So us talking about some deep shit with a microphone—that's different. Yeah. Right. And that probably would get dicey. It's different, right. and it has an audience, and so there's things to take into account that like it's just different in that way than it is if you are on the couch. And that's the nature of this beast. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, it's an, it's like you definitely do sign a contract when you decide to like start putting things out into the world and you are like in a more vulnerable place as a perform if you're performing or podcasting or putting your writing out there and it's like it's very scary i think i'm a i'm not a bully but i'm a a teacher i'm a principal (laughs) with a ruler for entitlement Mm-hmm. I think the second, and please slap the shit out of me if I ever do this, and I don't think I will because I'm a stickler for it. I think the second that it's like, but like, um, things just get so hard because <laughs> I did this Amy Poehler movie. And like, I'm on a website. I'm like, people will come up to me like an actor and they like want a picture. <laughs> I'm just like no, yeah, no, 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 absolutely not. I, I, I have, I have so much empathy in my, like, I'm, I guess, an empath. I don't love using that word, but I think empathy is something that I is in my DNA or in my construct or in my training, and I can sympathize. But that is one thing that I'm like, absolutely not. That is just pure entitlement. It's just, um. And 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 we're not helping anyone by like accommodating or coddling that part of notoriety or visibility mm-hmm. because it because I because I know where because I could I could do it you know yeah. even with the ten, mm-hmm. rice grain of attention I've received mm-hmm. and and I know what where and it's a it's a it's a 
dark place that it comes from. It's not coming from a place of light and positivity. Right. And it's not coming from the pl- origin of why we do this. Mm-hmm. So, or it's like, then step off the fucking stage. Yeah. And, then and, rethink and, it. And then don't, don't put yourself out there in yeah. that way anymore. On some and, shows it's, it- and also there's nothing more modest or humble or, or ende- what's the right word? Uh, redeeming. I don't know. There's nothing more w- beautiful than somebody saying, I bow out now. Mm-hmm. Or like, knowing your limits and yeah, being like, like okay, you know, this is crossing this a line and, it, and this is like maybe not for me. And so I'm going to yeah. walk it back or I don't know. The biggest on a show I worked on, the biggest diva behavior I encountered was from a future extra. It's <laughs> 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 was just like perfect. She truly had no lines. Mm-hmm. She just was a nightmare. And then we had a, we had a, after- I'm like, love her. When I heard all the story, I was oh, like so living good. for her. Oh no, no. She was my everything. Yeah. I was obsessed. And then she came to the after party, which no one that's not in the main cast does. And she came with like truly an entourage and like a huge to do. It was like, act- it was incredible. But see, that's the opposite of the oh, is me. That's the like, this is me. Yeah. Like, so, like, <laughs> that's like, I deserve yeah, every bit of I attention and then by some. that. Like, yeah. that yeah. Like, entitlement want, I can live for. Right. But like a being like, I hate people coming up to me or reaching out or anything like the, that. Well, she like, was a little no. difficult on set. Like, I live, like, we get a lot of emails. For this podcast, or I get messages a lot. And, like, this past week, like, when I've been having, like, some depression moments, like, those are the things that, like, make me actually want to get out of bed. Like, to have I someone say... I live for the applause. Yeah, applause. but, to, like, to have someone say, like, oh, my God, sure. like, what you there's went through another, is, like, something this that great resonates. great Brené podcast about um, belonging, and it made me start meditating on how, like... Okay, what's the, is it fittest of the survival or survival of the fittest? Survival, survival of the fittest. How like being seen? This might be my book I write someday. Being seen. I like that um, title. Thanks. It's a good title. I well, you know, it was very therapeutic for me to replace the word fame with visibility mm-hmm. as a gender fluid, nonconforming, like you know, uh, an ex person mm-hmm. to like kind of let go of like that like. To let go of the shame of, like, the gross part of, like, wanting to get ahead. I yeah. was like, okay, actually, no. It's about visibility. Mm-hmm. And visibility is on every spectrum. And everyone is, has their own uh, version of that and, and their own. And, um, and I replaced show business with showing up. Mm-hmm. Just truly showing up. Mm-hmm. And there's a myriad of what that means, but to be present, to be here, being seen. Is that the book title? Mm-hmm. Being know, seen. I was going to be from a mole to a freckle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I like that. Um, and I think that it's the concept is, oh, the idea that fittest of the survival or survival of the fittest. What's the word? Survival of the, survival the, fittest. Of the fittest. Is that being seen is actually this evolutionary sustenance Mm -hmm. it's this fundamental thing that allows us to grow and spread the way trees grow and pollinate the way that being getting the job and becoming manager and being boss so whether that's the industry or any industry that like getting ahead actually is less about this like nasty succeeding cutthroat thing Mm -hmm. but being able to be like hey friends and family 
I did this. Yeah, this is me. This is who I, I am. I did something mm-hmm. on this. And it's, not for legacy either, just like... Just to have it out there. What's interesting too, when you like reframe like fame or fame seekers as like just trying to be seen is like, I think that they're... And I've fallen victim to this too, where it's like, oh, you need to look a certain way or like have like a certain type of body or like if you achieve like this type of body or this type of face or these lips, like that enhances your ability for fame or to be seen but like truly if people just see like people can see who you are regardless of all of that and so it's like a good way to be a 400 pound burn victim and show up and i believe hand on who was ever bible that we will listen another quote by marianne williams and not my own is don't worry about finding followers. This was even before like followers and things. It was like, don't worry about an audience. If you have something to say, people will show up to listen. Mm -hmm. She also says, and I loved this one. If the entire, if every human being on the planet was looking at you for one moment, what would you say? Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) I mean, right. And so it's like, I think you're right. I, I think the lips and the and the Botox and the liposuction is like fuckable. It's fuckable, and it's I like, think it but helps you see. What's the fucking difference between fuckable and visible? It's yeah. like sure, is being mm-hmm. famous being fuckable? It's like okay, well then that's money, and then that's capitalism, and that's okay. So mm-hmm. you so you get the house and the pool, right? But like that's so far from what we're talking about. Yeah. But I think that's so close to what a lot of people are living with for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. Well, I think what's so great about you is that you showed up and, like, you gave something to people that they didn't know that they needed, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like, you created it on your own space for yourself, and you're like, yep. And it, it, it you know, people didn't have any context, or they didn't have any comparison, and but you were just like, no, you need this, and they do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's a great thing, I think. I mean, thank you. It, I think it's less methodical and more, like, compelled like yeah. i do think it's something when people talk about like there's a fire in my belly or like i i used to mm-hmm. think when i was younger and they're like well why do you want to act they're like you know acting's very hard like all of that weird mm-hmm. like adult stuff to tell oh, a kid yeah. and i was like because there's this feeling inside yeah me, and i don't know what it is mm-hmm. but yeah. I, ha- I have to do this um, yeah yeah absolutely i'm not saying i'm a fucking messiah you're Just, my messiah yeah girl my boo <laughs> Let's do some reader mail. Okay. So we have a section of the podcast where our They're already listening? We're live? Oh, no. no. Oh, okay. (laughs) That'd be great. But we call the listeners the readers, and then we read the mail that they send and give them advice. So May I? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Hey, Ryan and Lara. I write this to you under the covers of a cum-stained blanket in a hotel in Prague, in a hostel in Prague, part of my postgrad self-indulgent European backpacking romp. It's 5 a.m. and I arrived too late to go out-out, so I came back here tipsy, which was a huge mistake. While the rest of my room babes out, the girl next to me is puking, the couple below me is having sex for the second time in the last hour, I reserve judgment as I think about my babe moment in Europe and decide to share with my favorite podcast. 
Two weeks after entering my 20s, my camp counselor from when I was 13 invited me out for a Sunday roast before I left back for the States. I worked in London that summer. It was the last weekend I was there. So as Ryan hopefully learned when he resided there, Sundays in England are wild. They are. Everyone's drunk out of their mind by 3 p.m. It's crazy. Yeah. Somehow after 18 weeks, every Sunday truly managed to catch me by surprise like a period attack. And I find myself peeing in the street by 7 p.m. and passed out in bed by 9 This Sunday, however, was the blackest black of them all. I remember leaving the pub to go to someone's house with the whole crew, and the next thing I know, it's nighttime. I don't know if you've ever blacked out in walking before, (laughs) but it's seriously like I woke up and opened my eyes for the first time while I was walking down the street. Literally, I felt a whoosh, and it's like I traveled through space (laughs) and time. I found myself wearing a Christmas sweater, it's August, and stumbling down a road I've never been on before. I tried to talk to the bus drivers and keep getting on random buses asking if they're going near East London where my flat was. They weren't. My phone dies and I give up on the bus journey and decide to flag down a taxi, but instead a car pulls up to the side of the road. A man yells at me in a thick accent, get in you crazy girl, and I saunter over and hop in the front seat. Uh-oh. I learn he's from Ghana, that I was in the literal worst part of South London, and he couldn't believe he saw a little white girl by herself walking around. I chat his ear off, he buys me a pineapple soda, which he filled up on while he filled up on petrol and then dropped me off at my flat. I throw all the extra pounds I had in my pocket on my seat and I get out and yell for the soda. I immediately re black out as soon as I entered my flat and apparently FaceTimed everyone and sent some crazy incomprehensible texts. I'm ready to make it a lol, but everyone I spoke to like was like, this is clearly a null. So I reflected, felt bad slash scared for myself, but then drunk hitchhiked again a year later in New York City. So definitely didn't feel that bad. This time I just had the common sense not to tell anyone. Anyways, thanks for listening, and hopefully I babe out more safely for the rest of my 20s. If you guys have ever had a hitchhiking journey, I would love to hear. Also, if you have any advice on how to change your blackout behavior, I'd much appreciate. With love and light, hitchhiking honey. Aww. Well... You know, as a concerned mom, I, I get worried that a man picked her up and thank God he was okay. And yeah, he was nice. He was a a babe. But they're not all that way. They're not all that way. I would say most aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, blacking out and preventing a blackout is really about knowing your limits, which for me is like at this point in time, I'm really like. I'm very conscious of like checking in with myself after like a couple drinks. And it's usually my limit is about three drinks and then I'm good and like have a good buzz going, but I'm not so drunk that I'm going to be hung over the next day. Mm -hmm. And if I go beyond that, I know that I'm making a decision to then go cross the line. And so I try and just be conscious of that, but I'm also not an alcoholic. So I can know my limits in that way. And I think when you have alcoholism yeah. or suffer from just, substance. As Liza says, this is disease. Yeah. Then you don't. That's one of the things of alcoholism is you don't know your limits. Right. And, that's, well, and then you feel bad for not living up to them, but it's not your fault. I was just going to say, if, may I do? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, last night I had a, not a blackout mm-hmm. and I was so fucking shocked why I didn't yeah. <laughs> because I was in a safe space. I, you know, as I, as I was in, mm-hmm. I remember being like, I've had, I mean, maybe I, no, I had drinks and drinks and drinks. And I remember just being so cognizant the entire time until I like, was like, well, I'm going to go to bed now. Like, and I was like, why does it happen that other times 
I, I, how I, and I was having like really interesting thoughts too in my mind, mm-hmm. like really like, like uh, breakthroughs and stuff. And I was like, why am I so aware out of all that I've drank and I've had the same amount other nights and have blacked out and done terrible mm-hmm. things? Um, by terrible things, I mean like, you know, yelling and hollering. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. I have like a vocal blackout, um, and it like doesn't even make sense. It's very like Selma Blair. It's on performative. The, yeah, it's very performative. Yeah, it's, it's the grand the dame in me. Yeah, it's Selma Blair on the airplane, which did like she even she's like there is no abuse happening. You know, she was like, yeah. he's burning my private. Right, it was right. just. So, a, I, I mean, I do think that like spirits come through me, and that's a whole other podcast. But, right. um, <laughs> but I so. But I, I just will come back to the things for me is like eat, girl, mm-hmm. drink water, try not to drink during the week. Also, tr- if you start drinking when you wake up, if you start drinking at noon, or if you start, well, I don't know. Everyone's different. Some people at six can have two drinks and they're fucked up. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think- I'm like nine drinks later. Like, why am I? on an open mic right now you know really? like I, yeah. you have to know yourself and know what your yeah. limits are and, and but you don't and know what but i think you're right with the intentions are going yes. into drinking which a lot of times for me it was like i drank with just the only intention was to get fucked up so it's oh, like see that i'll just drink and i'll just continue filling up on drinks because that's what we're all doing and like i'm out and this is happening oh, to get fucked up because you're having fun yeah you're having fun and yeah, like yeah, yeah. And just not because like, you don't want to feel what you're feeling no just to be like Law, like having a fun yeah, time, absolutely. but then you start to learn. And I think just getting it older, catches up it catches to you or up something. To you. Yeah. And, and so now I, it's I, just not my preferred like right. thing of choice. I do think drunk. it's hard though to say know your limits or no, because if you're somebody that blacks out, those people are usually like, they don't know. They're, they don't know. And they're not like <laughs> caution to the wind. They wish they had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's usually, it's never on purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I always feel like purpose. that when I black out. I'm like, I didn't want, like, I actually was having such a good time. Yeah. Right. But also if you're having like nine to 10 drinks in a row or you take like five shots and then are having cocktails on top of that, your chances of blacking out are a lot <laughs> higher than if you have a couple <laughs> glasses of wine. Yeah. And also on like a metaphysical, spiritual level, like if blacking out, ends up in you doing bad things, you're a bad person. If blacking out ends up in you doing good things, you're a good person. I rest my case. I mean... <laughs> I'm a bad person, so I shouldn't black out. No, I do know I, what I mean by that. It's also in high school, in like... Uh, I blacked oh, out while drink. driving, like, a few times, and that was really okay. scary. That's, and I think yeah. that it's... I don't, but, I don't think it's but, ever... Was you, were you just an autopilot? And you yeah, were, like, I mean, I drove... Like, I was not getting do. in a car accident. I think it's a social conversation of, like, what's wrong with blacking out? What's wrong with, like, I think a saying lot of and things feeling what you want to feel? Like, what's wrong with kissing each other? I think a lot of things are wrong off. with blacking out. <laughs> I don't. I okay. think all right. All right. I just threw it out there. All right. I didn't. Flaming blackout is like the spiritual. You're like on a spiritual level. You're just channeling. Like you're just checking out, and someone yeah. else checks in. Well, I yeah. Hey. <laughs> all right. 
Hi, Lara and Ryan. Thank you both for being the OG lollers that get me through my day. I look forward to new episodes every week, and you're the first podcast I've ever been a Patreon member of because I needed to hear the bonus apps. I was hesitant at first to write an email as you both live super close to me. Oh. I live right by King's Road Cafe, oh. and whenever either of you mentions a local place, it fills me with far too much excitement. Whenever I'm walking around the neighborhood, I imagine running into two chic individuals and saying, babe. And Didn't then I mention us- King's Road like the other day on a podcast? Yeah. Um, (laughs) and then all of us loll about town and Laura and I go to class fast workouts together. But as my fever dream projections would tell me you, you, if you can't share your babeness when you first hang out with a new friend, are they really a friend at all? So here goes in my late twenties. I'm in my late twenties and have never had sex. Ironically, the patriarchal bullshit that would shame me as a woman for sleeping around also makes it seem like I'm a leper. If I mention my still share Horowitz status, I could count the number of dates I've been on in just one hand. The farthest I've gone was giving a guy a quick hand job years ago. My close friends know about this, but in a larger in larger group circles, when people are swapping their sexual stories about how they lost their virginity, I talk super vaguely about it, as in, oh, I lost it in college, and then quickly move on with the conversation. I'm not asexual by any means, but I've always struggled with even putting myself out there. A bit of backstory. I was chubby for most of my life, and having been raised in L.A., that meant I was at the bottom of the sexual food chain. Mm. Even though I knew that it wouldn't be true, I always thought that if I was thinner, then everything would just work out, and I would be living, laughing, and loving across L.A. However, I recently lost over 40 pounds, and while I definitely feel more confident in a lot of different ways, it feels like there's a giant roadblock stopping me from living my best life. I'm a Virgo with a Scorpio moon, which basically means that I'm prickly porcupine with a soft underside that just wants people to like Aww, me. Cutie. My Virgoness blares out warning signs against fucking an actual stranger. I have seen too many SVU episodes for that, but my social circle is small and I work from home. I've tried the whole Bumble Tinder situation, but find it tedious to the point that I delete the app after a couple days. I have an appointment to start going to therapy again, but was wondering if you had any insights on how to, as Ryan says, get a dick inside me. Any insights would be greatly appreciated so I can turn my babe into a babe. Um, I mean, you know, this is my story. I've mentioned it literally every week on babe <laughs> of being uh, celibate for a long time and how that fucked with me. And uh, I'm with you. I'm a Virgo. I get it. Um, I, I, I always give the same advice every time. And I feel maybe it's bad. I don't know where it's like. It's it's now become way bigger than it needs to be. You you know, and Anne has now been turned into Godzilla, and um, I totally get that because I I honestly feel like in some ways like Jonathan took my virginity, even though I had sex when I was in high school. I mean, there was but a, it had been years. There was so. a ten year gap. Yeah, ten year gap. So it's like starting over. It again. is truly. I mean, I felt like a virgin, absolutely, and I was scared of it, and I was scared of men, and it was like a whole thing, and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And honestly, if someone just fucked me, some Marlon Mando fucked me, I would have been like, okay, that's literally not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And um, I would just, oh God, I, 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 I don't want to speak for everybody because everyone's different, but I wish I hadn't placed so much importance on it because it really wasn't that important. Yeah. And I wish that I just had like literally gone to like Metropolitan one night and like took home some random and like fucked them and been like, oh, thank God I got that over with. Like now I can just like reenter the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But instead I just became so scared of it. Yeah. I became so scared because it had been so long. So. I think our reader doesn't want to fuck a rando though. Which is sometimes so, I, t- I totally get that, but sometimes it's like it's like ripping off the necessary band aid a little bit. I know, but I think it's different for women. Yeah, it is. Like right. when you're gay POV over here. Yeah, I yeah. think 
I mean, I think that, yeah, you don't need to make that big of a deal out of it. And honestly, like anyone that you meet and like and want to have sex with, like if they don't want to have sex with you or don't want to be in a relationship with you because of you being a virgin, like you don't want to be with them anyways. Like that's just a natural selection, like Xing them out of your life. And like, you have to just put yourself out there. You have to like, and I'm in this situation too, where it's like, I'm like, I need like, I want to meet someone and be in a relationship, but I also work from home. My, like, primary relationships in my life are with gay men and straight women. So, like, there's nowhere that a man, like, a heterosexual or bisexual man fits into that equation. So, if I want something, I have to go get it myself, which is the hardest part of getting something. Totally. What do you think? Um... Well, a lot of things, and um, <laughs> I, I'm just going to tail on what you said as a because there were a couple points in there, but looping back around. But what I would say is, um, in addressing the difficulty, I when I like kind of grew my hair out long and started wearing makeup because I felt compelled to do that from the inside out Mm -hmm. um, with my femme identity or my, you know, transcending of gender or my um, gender fluidity. What felt so right for me to be myself and also so badass to just like be in LA and like be like, or wherever and be like, I'm going to be me. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, fuck. I'm not going to get laid. Because gay guys like guys. Mm -hmm. So it was like, or it's like the horny straight perv that wants like a lady boy. Like, (laughs) which sometimes they're hot. Um, (laughs) I was like, oh, I am now truly like unfuckable to... 89% 89% of the gay population because mm-hmm. they are so shallow with wanting like a guy's built and a mm-hmm. crew cut and like just and even if they could like vary from that to like a little bit like you know a skinny hipster or like a, mm-hmm. a big belly guy it's like I'm now the thing that they do not find sexually attractive which is feminine because yeah. they're gay men and then straight men are it's like how are they going to deal with like a <laughs> female looking person that's a man like so I was like oh god damn it why did this thing have to be hard for me I guess something had to be because everything else is going to be easy um, but I was having these flashes because she kept saying blackout or no, that was the yeah, last one. The oh, last sorry. One. Sorry, sorry. I was having blackout flashes. <laughs> um, but she was saying about... What was the first thing she said about being... She said she had been chubby. Yeah, she was chubby and then and lost up weight. LA, lost weight. And was, then feels more confident, but it's not enough of a confidence boost to like... It's like she's still feeling like fucked up about the whole thing. To not have sex the first time. Yeah, she's never had sex. She's, yeah, a virgin. she's a virgin. And we don't know how old she is. I mean, just she's, she's in her late, late 20s. 20s. I do think there's a little bit of pull the band aid off. I think that 
rather than waiting for Mr. Right or this like cosmic connection with someone and bearing your soul. Although God, that's so beautiful too. The right guy will be the right guy who's like, it's okay. And mm-hmm. we'll do it together. And we will light candles and get the lotions and like figure it out. I'm just a little bit more of a vigilante and we know that clearly, but I'd be like, <laughs> I feel like just like getting fucked would allow me to be in a space to receive Mr. Right. So that's because exactly I think what I was it would say. keep me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you brought that's, up is that the anxiety built around it actually buffers human connection. Yeah. I completely agree because when I wasn't having sex, uh, I it developed intimacy issues mm-hmm. that I had. Like it was just because I became so scared of it because I hadn't had it in so long. And it created this whole narrative about yeah, myself that absolutely. wasn't true. Yeah. I, oh, I'm very similar. Um, um, to you in that mm-hmm. it, in a very similar journey and it makes to this day I had a very um, very like strikingly handsome suitor um, take me on dates in the most cordial like 1850s mm. like held my hand in the movie and like, didn't <laughs> stay the night and like wow did, did never was forced to the point where then I thought, oh, so you don't, because you're not basically attacking me mm-hmm. or like assaulting me, you don't like me. Mm-hmm. And that's my fucked up issues. Right. Because when I finally had the courage to be, to address that, he's like, what has made you think I don't like you when I'm here making time for you here? And I'm like, okay, that's because I had, I equate, Now we're really good. Sex with aggress- or aggression, mm-hmm. yeah. or like I equate ugly duckling as yeah, or or, or like ugly duckling complex. So like no right. one's like actually going to find me attractive. Yeah. So then I need somebody to like really like kind of almost be disgusting unless so and then also and like abuse you. And par- uh, yeah, and a part of me I was going to say because we're gay people, it's like we don't have the same things that 16 year olds had Mm -hmm. that same romance and courtship. So we had it at 26. We are late, but I will say that she is on the same page with a a queer person because of this scenario Mm -hmm. of being other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I rest my case. I love that. Dear Lauren Ryan, first things first, I'm literally obsessed with you two and the pod is one of the best parts of my week. Please keep my name anonymous. I've been dating an amazing guy for a year and I'm so truly in love with him. My first boyfriend ever was physically and emotionally abusive and I spent most of my 20s single and not looking. I met my current boyfriend and everything changed. He's a major lawler and makes me so, so happy and helps me forget what happened to me in the past. For the first 10 months of our relationship, the sex was incredible, having it constantly and he was the first guy to make me come. He would go down on me for hours and it was literally the first time I've ever felt comfortable being naked and with someone. Three months ago, he started antidepressants and his sex drive went down the toilet. I'm very proud of him for getting help, but I miss the sex and our physical connection as it was literally on fire. We're still having some sex, but much, much less than before. I never mention it to him and I always assure him that it's fine, but he apologizes about his lack of sex drive and I think he feels bad. The cuddling and spooning is great and we're a lot closer emotionally. I just miss his dick a little. Is it babe of me to want... Is it babe of me to be upset we aren't being as intimate right now? Or am I being reasonable? Will his sex drive come back? I miss it a lot, but I really want to be a supportive girlfriend as he is honestly the best. Love and light. 
I love this. I've always found it funny that the side effects are, of antidepressants are things that wouldn't make you ordinarily depressed. Like they're like weight gain, less of sex drive. I'm like, wait, this is, but it's supposed to make me happy. I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, she's totally, her feelings are totally valid. She's not being a babe for missing the sex. I think that's a fully, that's real. Yeah. Yeah. To go from that, to go from like having constant, amazing, great sex to then having it slow down and being this kind of, lull period is that's definitely something you yeah. know what i mean that's and a you loss. have to that's have a like loss. a reaction to that yeah and um i don't know because i've never dated someone who's been on antidepressants so i can't speak to like whether or not it will come back or whatever i don't know it's a, it's a tough situation because you want your boyfriend happy <laughs> yeah it's hard like i mean my experience of being on antidepressants has been like definitely a reduced sex drive where sometimes I'll just realize I'll be like, Oh my God, I haven't like even masturbated in like three weeks or something like three weeks. Yeah. Like you just don't, it becomes like a not, you're just not thinking about it. It's like not on your mind anymore. I mean, that being said, I think that if someone was in my life and like trying to fuck me, and like tra- seducing me and whatever, I'd be real. I would be responsive yeah. to it. I would like that. So maybe it's a question of just having like certain date nights and being like, this is a night like we're going to put this time aside or you're going to put this time aside to have like that romantic, like intimate connection night. Cause I feel like once you guys get going, right. It can be but also, fun. But my, also, if he just makes you come, that's fine, too. But also, my advice for any kind of relationship issue is so boring and basic, but it's true. It's communication. Mm-hmm. So I would, instead of sitting there and feeling bad about feeling bad that there's less sex, I would just bring it up and not in an accusatory way or a judgmental way. Just be like, hey, like, I'm just, just you know. I miss this I part, miss of, this our part life. of our life. And, like, da, da, da. and um, I, I think that we'll, we'll just cure a lot if even just carrying around the secret carrying around secrets and relationships are their own kind of poison so i would say just speaking honestly about it in a very non-judgmental way it will be helpful i I have a thought what yeah do better at getting him hard (laughs) i'm talking corset fan get a better perfume like watch a beyonce music video and learn a little bit um like hello um artist seduction honey like get a perm if your hair is straight. get a perm don't get a perm i mean i get a blowout like um look up freckle and like copy some of my looks um a that's my first thing b figure out how to fucking romance a dinner and make it not about you coming like have a meal together that feels so good and be sensual if this person is your boyfriend and you love them for who they are if they were a burn victim and you love their heart and soul and you want to be with this person then you will do what it takes to lego piece like your connection together um and work from there because that will only satisfy all other aspects of your life. Like Mm -hmm. if we do better at like nuancing our connections, like we will facilitate, you'll get the boner. Um, but also Mm -hmm. 
like and yes pro women like let him eat you out and like also like find hardcore connection without penetration Mm -hmm. yeah and i think also like discuss discuss what your fantasies are like beyond just like fucking all the time right what no there was like this like old interview with Barbara Walters this thing after Christopher Reeves was in the wheelchair mm-hmm. and he was with his wife and she, or Diane Sawyer and you know how they asked the hard hitting questions mm-hmm. and she was, it was like well what's sex like it was like oh something like God. that and in the screen it permeates they look at each other right in the eyes and they're like oh it's fine Wow. And whether that means she's like sitting on his face <laughs> mm-hmm. or like masturbating with the dildo, I don't know. I don't right. need to know. But that was so amazing <laughs> to me. Yeah. To well, know that like it isn't about the mechanics. It isn't about, you know. So, right. Like, honey, you have a sex addiction and you're a horn dog. Grow some taste buds and read a book. <laughs> Get deep. <laughs> am I right or am I right? I mean, God, Soul Talk Sunday over here. Oh my God. Oh, All right. Let's do one more. Yeah, let's do one more. What do you have to say about that? I think. I don't think she has a sex addiction. Maybe I, I was listening. I was like texting my yeah. <laughs> Let's take the freckle advice with a grain of salt on <laughs> A grain of salt. A grain of salt. Because I think that every relationship, and especially when you have like such a deep deep connection with someone at first and things are popping off sexually it's like so fun and the sex is amazing but every relationship gets to a point where it's like the sex gets old uh, or it yeah. drops off like that's but just the, the nature relationship is not stimulating no that that sex... i mean i only hang out with people that light me up like a christmas tree but i know but sex i think and like your sex life in a relationship is going to have ebbs and flows and is not necessarily like indicative of what your connection is with a person. Like, yeah, if you're not, if you haven't had sex in months or you are yeah, to a point where you're having sex like once a year, I think that there's probably a connection problem, but like, this is just an issue that's going to come up and it's going to be resolved. It's not like, it's not like this person I doesn't want to fuck you. I used to panic when me and Jonathan would go like a week without having sex. I used to think like it meant something larger about the relationship, but honestly, it truly is just ebbs and flows. It's there's nothing. Yeah. And when I was in my 20s, like I had a boyfriend who we had like the craziest fucking sex in my life, like the best sex I've ever had. And then we went through a period of living together where I felt like I wanted to have sex all the time and he was like not interested and it really would throw me into like a babe spiral of being like <laughs> he hates me, thinks I'm ugly, like I don't turn him on. And it's like, it's not about you. And I don't think this, the reader thinks it's about her, but it's like, she knows why it's happening. You're now, this is a challenge and you're just going to have to get creative. Like, and that that could, that could issue, (laughs) (laughs) that could usher you into a whole new fun, flirty phase of Uh, your sex life together. So don't view it as a roadblock. View it as a challenge. Well, that was my first thing. And rise to the Yeah. Yeah. My that boyfriend now is it's like bald. living in Detroit. <laughs> he's bald. I don't know if he's bald. I haven't checked in, but maybe I'll Facebook him today and self harm with a Facebook. Living in Detroit work. is a babe move. I don't know. 
Sometimes I think about what could have been. Okay. Anyway, it's <laughs> the next question. <sighs> the man that got away. He is the one that got away. Oh, no. <laughs> no. He honey. is the one that got oh, away. Oh, okay. Okay. But what are you going to do? He's gonna not going to this. Detroit. I bet he's following Freckles. I bet he is not following. But he's following Freckles. Is that what you said? <laughs> I would love that if he was, I but I don't You'd think he surprised. is. He's not oh, on I social bet. media. I bet. Well. Don't worry, DM. <laughs> That's not what my DMs. What say. if you were like, we're having? <laughs> do you get some fun DMs? I do. But it's not about me. Let's get. <laughs> and feel free to keep sliding, boys or girls. Really, you want girls in the DM? They come either whether I want it or not. <laughs> wow, I didn't know I was so popular with the trans F to M community mm. or the lesbian community. Really, lesbians? Literally. I could see if you it's being okay a hit to with a lesbian. Say, like, yeah. Dyke on dyke comments yeah. all the time. Wow. Yeah. Just, they love me. <laughs> what can I say? I'm, you know, a little bit, a little bit country, a little yeah, bit rock, rock and, and roll. roll. That's exactly what I was going <laughs> to say. Yeah, oh, my God. Oh, well, jazz well, it'd be like you. country and then cock and Well, roll. I get the blowouts and the yeah. lipstick, and I'm yeah. like, well, that's what I'm going to put on Instagram. Like, yeah. And they're just, you know. Eating it up. <laughs> Yeah. Man, I feel like a woman. <laughs> Dear Ryan and Lara, big fan of the pod and of SEP. I'm a 22-year-old gay guy living in New York and strongly relate to Lara's Chicago journey where she had a hard time creating a solid fen group and instead drank with people while talking about being suicidally depressed. <laughs> Anyways, I'm writing to see how much of a babe my daddy issues are. I've always been attracted to older guys, with men even 30 years older than me being fair game. Mm. The last guy I dated was in his 40s, but I broke it off once he talked about the possibility of tween Justin Bieber getting fucked by Usher for a full hour. This had me wondering if my attraction to daddies is a complete babe or just a harmless preference. I think subconsciously I prefer older men because they're less petty and aggressive than the bitchy rich gays of the Brooklyn bar circuit. But that's an entirely different conversation. Let me know what you guys think. Um, I love daddies and it's, uh, I have a great relationship with my dad. I don't have daddy issues. I mean, I have some mommy issues, but no daddy issues. Uh, mine's a physical preference. I like them thick. I like them older. Um, I don't see a problem with that. But everyone's different, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak. I don't know him, so I don't know what his journey is. But I'm telling you as a fellow daddy lover, I would love to fuck a 50-year-old. Would have no issue with that. Yeah. Yeah. I recently watched Book Club, which is the best movie of all time. Right. And I highly urge everyone to watch it. Okay. But... Andy Garcia's character in Book Club really did things to me that I it like awakened a new sexual like feeling in me that I didn't really know existed. Like I kind of knew it. Like, and I had dated I dated like um over the fall very briefly kind a daddy Mm -hmm. like in his late forties right and I liked it for some parts but then didn't like other parts but like. I think that there's something really sexy about like an older guy, especially yeah. if they can like, if they, but for 22 though, I wouldn't get into a relationship with someone. I wouldn't, I think that is weird actually for me to be 22 and like date like a 45 year old. Seriously. I, I would, women do that all the time. And I think that's weird too. I think, I mean, that's kind of judging. There's no, but I, I think that there's like a maturity guy. It's, I don't know. There is a maturity difference. There's a maturity difference. I just don't know. I don't know. Sorry. Is that controversial? 
I just, uh, I, think, I don't know. I dated a 32 year old when I was 22. That's for, not that big of a difference. Also women are more mature than men. Yeah. So. I'm talking about like gay yeah, men. I, mean, I question him for wanting a 22 year old, but the, yeah, I question more of the guy. So cool. And so I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's just whether or not yeah. daddies are acceptable. Yeah, he wants to know. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the geriatrics community. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I could see you having like an Anna Nicole Smith moment someday. Yeah, why it hasn't happened, I don't know. Yeah, who's the oldest guy that you've dated? I've dated a 40 year old. 81? No. Oh my god, god, I was. I was like, take my breath away. Yeah. Um. I mean. not to compare men to women, but like six-year-old men can be fucking studs. So like, I know I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. But I've been eighty since I was eleven. Like I was right. always an old soul. Like I don't. Um, so if you're dating a guy your age, you're actually the daddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> By that I logic. date somebody two years younger than me, and I'm like, you don't know what. Chekhov is <laughs> like but, I don't like yeah I don't like going younger really and I don't think I, I would do it again I would because for the maturity there. reason it annoys first me. and foremost I'm like I don't want to be anyone's mommy or anyone's teacher I want like a yeah. daddy and uh, I like the thought well, maybe of, like, even not a daddy maybe like a brother <laughs> like maybe that's what this is about like I don't want a baby or a, to be a daddy and i don't really want a daddy come to like mission dependent yeah but like i think i want like a twin mm-hmm. oh i have a twin oh, yeah. are you listening? Oh, yeah. i have a twin i'm all about twin cest jonathan's my twin yeah i oh, think really? i would love a twin not like hot can not, i watch not like <laughs> not like physically i mean i think that we oh. just emotionally are very the same yeah and personality personality group sex um, no, we had sex with a sex worker once and oh. it was okay. That's, that, that was real. <laughs> Your sex was just like, a, like, friend or somebody you met or somebody you were dating and then sex worker. It was like, bam. Um, so, and it was okay. It was all right. You'd rather, you took the sex worker choice over just like. Yeah. Cause, cause, uh, that was, uh, I guess it, for our first time, it felt like safer in a weird way. Cause it just felt like no muss, no fuss. You know what I mean? No musk, no fuss is yeah, how no, I go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, but you never know what will happen. It's a long life. Yeah. I mean, I've... <laughs> Can't wait to meet Johnny. <laughs> I would love I would love a twin like that meets me in yeah, small I need, spirituality. Yeah, I need a male Lara. Like, yeah. for you. Like, mm-hmm. I actually think that... I know. I think that's where I'd thrive the most. And when I've dated older guys, there's definitely an element of it I that I like. That is because you are so special. But, like... There is, I'm also very aware of the fact that, like, I do have daddy issues. And so, it, when I'm, oh. if I'm dating an older man who can, like, provide security and safety for me, that's, like, truly just trying to, like, heal my daddy issues. But as long as he's nice but, to you. No, as long I as think, he's nice, yeah. I'm not taking advantage. It's fun and flirty and, like, great. Let's go I on vacation. You, I think you need the brother of you who happens to be older. So, it's basically your twin who's, like, a guy. Because at first I was, like, I, I can't in the, my broad spectrum of guy like because i think you're so special i love you i'm a friend that will never hurt you but then i was like actually i can't i can't imagine like a cool dropped in quick like witty like not a gay man but like a 
but gay by, friendly. Straight by. And well, maybe not, but maybe, yeah, because yeah, I don't even believe in that. I would love by, but at this who point, just, she loves by. I will Wait, take a not by. Who to be like six or seven years older. Mm-hmm. And I think that ha- is a, a, a rocker, a rock star. I think that like like a Dave Grohl type or something. I love that. Yeah, totally. Who may be older, but has like a kid spirit. Has a young energy. Who's basically you, but just like... I'm fine with a man that own. matured very late in life, uh-huh. but yeah. is still mature. Is like, that, that's like every man. <laughs> you're that. like a grandmother and a grandfather. Grandmother you're an elder. Me. You're one of the that's elders. True. Like, if I think we're living, like a crazy aunt. <laughs> yeah. If we were living I, I, yeah. in like, um, <sighs> like a old like More? Native American uh-huh. community, you'd be like the revered <laughs> elder. Pro- mm-hmm. Yeah. Berdash. I mean, the Native Americans called what I am two spirit. Wow. And they were the medicine people mm-hmm. and the storytellers. Yeah. Do you know that? Yeah. No, I, I love that, though. It yeah, tracks. that was... Yeah. A, yeah. Who's your babe of the week? We haven't oh, done this so in, many. like, literally six episodes. So many. But there's, we need to bring our, it back. There's our building door. There's Nikki Blonsky. There's, um, there's fucking the, the men of Arrested Development. Um, I don't know. Oh, oh. Um, I don't know. That's a lot. That's a lot. My babe of the week... <laughs> Is Chelsea Davy, Prince Harry's ex, oh, that yeah. came what to his wedding. Oh, she did? Yeah. She... He invited both of his exes to his wedding, Great. which seems bold, but he didn't invite them. He invited Chelsea to the wedding, but not the reception. Oh, that's weird. So she had to come to the boring part and like dress up and then be filmed watching the wedding, which is like a power move on him and Megan's part, and then not get to even party or eat afterwards. That's fucking disturbing. And she held That's... her shit together i mean she looked kind of uncomfortable but she really held her shit together and then i read today that they had like a teary phone call a week before the wedding that really was like their final moment of closure so wow. i think that that situation to me is a mega babe totally like i would not invite my exes to my potential wedding well i mean it depends on your relationship it's like if you have a good one. If not. I was dating a guy and then he wanted to invite his two ex-girlfriends to our I wedding. Think it's all about context. No. I'm a not. I'm a no. You straight people do things differently. As gays. Well, yeah. We gay keep it all in the family. Yeah. We I would not. We recycle. I don't We're think like I would love this. an ex at the wedding. I just We're don't very think green. I would. Maybe I would in the sense that I would be like, haha, he's mine now. But I don't want to even think about them. Like, I don't even want like a big wedding. I Anyways, think, I think it's just the a right babe. person, like, you wouldn't be jealous of like their girlfriends, ex girlfriends. Freckle. <laughs> <laughs> Freckle's done. She's texting. Anything about the wedding, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same. I think English people are uncouth. (laughs) Inbred and insane. (laughs) I don't care. I'm Mexican. (laughs) Ah, But nonetheless, like Latina. (laughs) I don't have that white, waspy, Anglo-Saxon, like, stench. (laughs) I have a stench of my own. That you do. Yeah, but I've gotten better. Yeah, you have. Hot bath. Burn it off. (laughs) (laughs) Who's your babe of the week? Um, 
Well, I don't follow anyone on Instagram. You don't? No. no. What a power move. She unfollowed yeah. power moved. You really created a lot of waves. In yeah, the, the gay community the was shook. The gay community was shook. I remember multiple people came to me being like, well, Freckle unfollowed me, and I think that that's bullshit. And I was like, she doesn't follow anyone. That's amazing. Yeah, that's the point. A, a really beautiful, it's a statement. might I say, trans girl um, came up to me at a bar and said, you unfollowed me? And I blocked you. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, first of all, I unfollowed everyone. And when second I of all, zero people, I lolled. Yeah, yeah I was like, I was like, it's good. Zero. How um, can you get personal when it's zero? I don't understand. But I don't, I don't think they know it because they have that stupid app that tells them people unfollow them, which oh, is yeah. psychotic. That's Why psychotic. Would Why would you do that? That's yeah. emotional cutting. I, <laughs> I mean, unless you, you know you're a masochist, but um, and she said, and I thought, and I said, I looked at her and I said, Good, that's why I unfollowed everyone. Like, you should. Oh, when she's like, I blocked you, I was like, Good, you should. That's yeah. why I unfollowed yeah. everyone. And she goes, Don't you think it's a little extreme to follow no one? And I was like, No, do you know who I am? Like, <laughs> what you the deal in extreme, yeah. And also, like, I will say this. It was too, I was, I, like a child, am not above admitting my faults. Like, to me, it's like a Game Boy. And if you gave me a Game Boy right now with Tetris, like, I would play it all day long. Mm -hmm. So I will just be glued to it. So it was like either delete the app or unfollow everyone. And I couldn't deny my public. I loved I loved you unfollowing everyone. It really inspired me and made me want to unfollow everyone. I I mean, I I made posts about it too. I was Mm -hmm. like, here I go. This is happening. And people still couldn't deal with it. No, and people really take it personally, which is so funny. Well, that's the other thing. It's like truly who cares? And if we're in a world that someone cares, like I don't want that person. Well, I'd rather you follow me in real life to say talk to me. Okay, so then the second thing is this. I will say it's cleared up a lot of my mind. as far as like how much time I'm on the phone Um, it's made me not know what's really going on Mm -hmm. which I like like Mm -hmm. what's the cool party or thing I'm completely free from that and the third thing is when I see my friend like when you open the gate and the thing when I see my friends I literally go like, because I haven't seen them in a while. And it just, mm-hmm. I, mean, yeah. I love my friends. Totally. I, mean, I think the meaning of life and God is your best friends. Yeah. Like, I really do. I yeah. don't, I think biologically, our family is like what made us, but like who your friends are is like, it's like, to try. Je ne sais pas. Yeah. yeah. And so when I see my <laughs> friends, I get so, I look at them, I look at their skin and their hair, and I'm like, you're here, and I know why I love you, as opposed to saying yeah. you every single thing. Well, it gives us like this false sense of closeness, and like you're checking in on them, but you're not really ever But on the flip them. side, yeah. I post probably almost like triple the amount I ever did before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm making it very mm-hmm. conscious that I'm like, you are a fan watching me doing something that I know that you are watching me doing something that I know that you are watching me doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like I think, it, right? I think it's pretty cognizant yeah. of itself. Yeah, um, I'm inspired. Thank you. I I don't know if it's the answer. We'll find out later. But I don't know anything about the. It, it took me like weeks after the wedding. It was like last week. Right? It was last week. Um, to it's realize not yet that it been was a week. an American actress of color, and I thought, well. That makes sense because I'm probably going to marry a Saudi Arabian tycoon. I love that. 
I really see it happening. The freckle challenge. Unfollow everyone. <laughs> Power move. I love it. All right. Thank you so much for being our of guest. Course. Thank you. Is there any more questions you have for me? I feel like I'm I mean, I could book. keep going for hours and I hours. Because but... you edit this, right? Or <laughs> yeah, we edit all... it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. really dig in deep now. Yeah. Well, you got me here. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, well, I got to go. I mean, yeah, I, it's I really like, do. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it, I do actually have to go. Okay. I have a million three, but... <laughs> <laughs> But what? babe of the way, I don't, I mean, like, I don't even remember when the week started or week ended. Like, what day is it today? It's Thursday. See, I'm such a Buddhist whatever that, um, <laughs> I think that might be my title. By Buddhist whatever it. by mm-hmm. Freckle. Buddhist um, you didn't even mean to say it. You, first know. of all, it was kind of a dish. You were like, Buddhist or whatever. Um, <laughs> and I was like, that's great. Um, I think that, okay, I'll close this out with this. There's so much love for you and me. I was 21 when I wrote that. I woke up from a dream and I wrote it on a piece of paper. There's so much love for you and me. Let me teach you open heart theory. Let in love deflect hate. It's all about the give and take. If you stay open to me, I'll stay open to you. Don't close off and stay inside. Come out and play. And let's show this planet a brand new way. And if you need another mantra that's shorter... Repeat after me. My purpose. My purpose. My purpose. On this planet. On this planet. On this planet. Is to focus all my energy. Is to focus focus all all my energy. energy Into love. Into into love. love. And light up the world with it. And light up the the world world with it. it. Thank you. You can find us on Instagram at Babe Podcast. You can find Freckle on Instagram at Aunt Freckle. Aunt Freckle. Aunt Aunt Freckle. Freckle. Go to our website, babepodcast.com, which is like a really great place to learn more about our journey. Donate to our Patreon. Donate to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Babe Podcast. Also, my wish list is on Amazon.com. So... Go or go to babepodcast.com where you will find a link to my Amazon wish list. My birthday is on Wednesday, May 30th. So feel free to Amazon some shit my way. Love and light. Smooch. Bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.